0: Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to
1: Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. You know, it's always an honor and pleasure to be here and to be part of Voice America. As I always say, Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now, and that's what I believe and that's why I'm here. The whole purpose of positive living is to bring you practical solutions and positive strategies so that you can live the kind of life that you want to live. And those are the amazing guests that I have on each week that really share with you how you can have the successes. How you can overcome the obstacles, and today is no exception. I have a great guest, and you can give us a call at at 866-472-5788 if you're listening live on Monday, and today is the 21st of May. My guest is Frankie Boyer. Frankie is a syndicated radio talk show host who has a wonderful show called The Frankie Boyer Show. She's an impassioned voice for everyone searching for useful insights and information on traditional and alternative approaches to lifestyle, health care, and well-being. Frankie is committed to spreading sound advice from experts to educate listeners on how to take personal responsibility for their own health and graceful aging. Whether it be the dangers of environmental toxins or a mindset that can help through difficult times, Frankie Boyer will expose you to new ideas and new approaches to enhance the quality of your life. She mixes common sense and uncommon insights on her show heard by thousands nationwide, both weekdays and on weekends. Welcome, Frankie Boyer.
2: Oh, it's so nice to be with you, Patricia, and the work that you're doing and that I'm doing, it's so it's such a, a breath of fresh air in this day and age.
1: It is. It is, yep. And it's, it's, uh, it's interesting for you to be on the other side of the mic,
2: isn't it? It is. It is. It's always fun to be on the other side of the mic. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, I want to I read something about your mission because I'd really like you to comment on this. Sure. Because many times we do things because of a purpose or a mission, there's something driving us. And your mission began many years ago when you watched several friends and family members die unnecessarily from various ailments. And so your show has become a form to direct people to make proactive changes in their life. Talk about yes. that.
2: Well, I, let me give you an example of, of what that's all about. When, when I was born, my birth was the result of my mother losing one of her twins. They were um, almost three years of age when one of the twin boys died. And she became pregnant with me and... I was a twin, and my twin died at birth, Mm. and um, we've had some very uh, tough tough times with death, and I was 13 when my father died of a ruptured aneurysm, and um, I lost an uncle right after that, and then as I got a little bit older, the string of deaths started to happen. It was my my brother's wife the remaining twin his his wife died very suddenly from a very uh, strange lung disease and then my brother 3 months 2 months after her death um a, a day after his 43rd birthday dropped dead mm. and then a few months after that a cousin um my first cousin uh, very similar to my brother's death. He actually went to my brother's funeral and cried, and, and um, he died. Oh. And and then an uncle died and a friend died, and it went on and on and on. I had all of these deaths, but in a very short amount of time. And it rocked my bottom. Mm-hmm. It just made me think for a moment. And I was in sales and marketing and advertising, and I said, is this what I really want to do with my life? Yeah. Is this what I really want to do? And I knew that it was not what I wanted to do. I then had this incredible friend who mentored me. Her name was Crosby Bonzel. She was a very famous children's book author. Mm -hmm. She started the And I Can Read series for Hoppers many, many years ago. Her, Her books are in multiple languages. Um. I'm sure a lot of people have read those books to their children. I mean, it's Stanley who's afraid of the scary cat, and they, they go on. They're just delightful children's books, very simple, magnificent books. And Crosby said to me one day, she called me Sweeties, and this was about six months to seven months before her own death, which she was. She died very suddenly. She said, Sweeties, you need to be a talk show host. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, you're out of your mind. <laughs> you are totally out of your mind, Cross. She said, Sweetie, you're meant to be on the radio. Mm. And two weeks later, I, that was never a, a, a goal of mine. It was never a purpose of mine. And two weeks later, I wound up at a meeting. And they said to me after the after the meeting, "What are you doing Sunday morning?" And I said, "I'm sleeping in." And they said, "No, no, no. Our, our co-host is. is oh, you would be great. You want. You know. Let's. Can you try it?" And anyway, and so the rest, as they say, uh, is history. But when I started to experience all these deaths, and then my mother's death, and after my brother, my mother died uh, two years later. Hmm. Almost to the date of my brother's death, two years later, my mother died. Mm. And she had lost her her dog, and the dog came on the first anniversary of my brother's death, and she watched that dog die, and six weeks later, she was dead. Mm. And I realized that there was a connection between heartache and death. I realized Mm. that we were being over-medicated. I intuitively knew that there was something more. And so my journey for the past ten years has been an extraordinary journey.
1: You must have met incredible people through this Oh journey.
2: my god, thousands of people. I think it's thousands of people that I've interviewed. Mm-hmm. Um from Oprah's uh, fiance Stedman to um Wayne Dyer to Deepak who's been a regular on my show to Doctor Mehmet Pardon? Suzanne Summers. Suzanne Summers, Deepak Chopra, um Andrew Weil, Andrew Weil, Andrew Weil. Yeah, I, I have, I have just had the good fortune of talking to everyone, and Frankie, I talked to. Is there is there sort of a
1: bottom line that uh, are all of these people kind of saying the same thing? And if they
2: are, no, they're really not. There, okay. there are some people who have not quite evolved to where I would like to see. I'm. I was just denied access to a health fair that's happening in my area. Hmm. And I was denied because my thinking is so radically different than most people. And I, I will give you an example of this. There was a, a very, this is a very famous doctor who was on television yesterday morning on one of the top, on one of the major news stat, networks. And this is a very influential older doctor, and he sat on television and said some and it said information that just is not true. And the question, a listener had a question and said, what is the, you know, should I spend the money on the organic milk versus the non-organic milk? And he said, save your money, buy healthier foods, but I don't think organics are any different. I could have gone through the television, you know. (laughs) I really could have. This is a major man that's making decisions on television, and he's also the editor of a Sunday uh, magazine mm-hmm. that we all pick up every Sunday in our newspapers. How dare he? He's an older man who is overweight. How dare he sit there and tell Americans not to buy organic milk when there is so much evidence to prove that organic are a much better choice, that our children are getting menses at a younger age because of the hormones that are being put in their their dairy products, Mm. that our girls are developing breasts, that our boys are bedwetting longer. I mean, how dare he say that when there is so much evidence? The problem that that is occurring in this country is that we are not looking at the whole person. We're not looking at what the cows are eating. We're not looking at the environmental toxins that are occurring. We're not looking at any of this. This is not just about one piece of living. This is about the whole person living. The whole now, I, would body.
1: Imagine, I would imagine, though, that people like Deepak Chopra and Andrew Whale and Suzanne Summers and Wayne Dyer are talking about the whole person.
2: Yeah, some of them are. Yeah, they are. They are. I, I don't think so. there, there, are, there are very few in, people that really understand the complexity of this picture, mm-hmm. that it is mental, physical, and spiritual. Yes,
1: the whole picture.
2: Yep. The whole picture.
1: And that one component can
2: throw it off. One Absolutely. 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 Hormones. Perfect example. You know, I was very deficient in thyroid. My thyroid was not working right. My hormones were all screwed up, so I tried some bioidentical hormones, and the blood testing came back, and I knew intuitively that they were not balancing me. I knew intuitively, and sure enough, my blood test just came back, and now my thyroid is way too high, so I'm still out of kilter. You know, there's that fine-tuned balance of of, you know, the picture of where you want to be in life. But it's a lot of work, and most people want the fast pill. Most people want the convenience of of doing it now. Most people do not want to go through detoxes. Most people do not want to exercise. Most Americans would rather have their, you know, there was just a survey about snacking, Patricia, that we're spending billions and billions of dollars on snacks, snack foods in this country, billions of dollars. And Americans know that these foods aren't the best for them, but they'd rather have a good-tasting food versus a nutritional food because it's fast and easy for them. So when you feed children trans fats, and you and you know in KFC which they changed their name so that it would be less politically offensive Kentucky fried chicken is no longer it's KFC so it's less offensive mm-hmm. but when you see KFC serving a bowl and in that bowl is mashed potatoes and white gravy and fried chicken and corn and cheese and a biscuit. And saying, you know, this is a great meal in a bowl. Look at what that meal in a bowl is doing to our arteries. Look at what that meal in a bowl is doing to our... Uh, who wouldn't be tired after eating that? Who wouldn't be All fatigued right. after eating All
1: right. that? so let's flip this, Frankie. Let's flip this to the other side in terms of positive
2: positive living. What should we be doing? What we should be doing is looking at how you know um, Buddha is as Buddha. Buddha Buddha is as Buddha does is the name of the new Lama uh, uh, Thirulamas's Sura, Sura new book, mm-hmm. and it's about being mindful. It's about understanding that when you wake up in the morning, is your heart filled with joy? Mm-hmm. Do you have a minute to just, you know, Deepak years ago gave me a really quick few-minute few, few minute meditation that I'd love to share with you. It's just four, four words. Four words. And he said, even at a red light, keep saying these words. It really changes the state that you're in. Okay. And the words are, peace harmony laughter and love mm-hmm. keep saying them over and over again
1: mm, i'm going to write those down
2: peace harmony laughter and love mm-hmm. so if you don't have time to get up a little earlier listen i'm not a morning person but i'm getting up three mornings a week at you know 5:30 20 of 6 to do a workout with a trainer there are five of us that share her and it's been incredible it's been an incredible experience, um, you know. And, and you know, Frankie.
1: One thing I'd love you to talk about—it's not just what we eat, and it's not just the exercise, but it's also the words we use, how we treat people, absolutely. How we think, because you I think all those other things right, and if you have negative positive thinking, thinking yep. or, or around negative people, it kind of you know right. doesn't balance it out.
2: Right, Judith Orloff. Judith Orloff, Dr. Judith or- Orloff was one of the first people to call. Um, people that zap you, you know, vampires. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you've got mm-hmm. vampires for friends. And she's right; they do they zap you. People zap you if you allow them to zap you. Mm-hmm. So you know, you have to put yourself sometimes in a little ball, and you have to. You know, life has lots of difficulties. I'm going through the most horrific um, law legal mess right now that I got myself into being a good doer and we my identity. It, it just goes on and on and on. And yet, I still have to get up every day and live my life. And I'm authentic, so I wake up every day grateful for what I have. I don't wake up and say, oh, I have to deal with this today. Mm-hmm. I, flip, I flip it and I say, boy, am I grateful for my life today. What a fabulous... Mm-hmm. To be able to do what I do every day. How fabulous.
1: Well, I think, and, and probably you and I share this, is that, you know, one of the, one of the things that's my motto is from Richard Bach's uh, the allusions, Jonathan Livingston Siegel said, we teach others what we need to learn most for ourselves.
2: Probably. And that's why
1: I do this work, because it's a great teacher to me. I keep talking to these people over and over, and it rubs
2: off, and my life changes. Well, you know, when I first started talking about green, green you know, nine years ago when I first started my radio show, And I had Cheryl Selman on, who is just an absolutely phenomenal person. Mm -hmm. She wrote "Hormone Heresy" and what every mother, what every woman must teach her daughter about breast cancer. She's a true advocate about um, what the toxins are doing to us. And I, you know, I'm very fortunate. I had the ability to listen to my intuition, Mm -hmm. and I don't think a lot of us do that in life. That's
1: very important.
2: Very important. And I knew intuitively that Cheryl was right on the money. I knew intuitively when I started doing this radio show that holistic was where I just knew it felt right for me. I knew that this information was so important, but I didn't know that Green Living, what Green Living was all about. It took me a while to understand that I had to throw away the the products under the sink you know it took me a while to figure out that the shampoo that i'm using should be a good quality shampoo that the the body lotions that i'm using should right. be paraben free that the toothpaste that i brush my teeth with has no fluoride that the clothes that i sleep on the sheets that i sleep on the clothes that i wear should be used but i should be using a a friendly for the environment and for me that the dishwashing detergent right. is is green that the cleansers that I use, that I'm not breathing in any toxins, Mm -hmm. that my dog, Tutu, who is 12 years old, she's a chow-chow, she gets fish pills and she gets a glucosamine zinc product and she gets all kinds of wonderful things Mm -hmm. every single day.
1: So, Frankie, if somebody's listening to this and saying, you know, I'd love to start, I really haven't gotten into this yet. Where would you have people start? Oh, you know, know what just said, just buy is, things that are friendly to the environment.
2: Okay, this is a, a life journey. This is a process. Number one, find the passion in your heart.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I was fortunate that Crosby could see it, and I could not. Mm-hmm. I was blinded. I didn't realize this was what I was meant to do. Mm-hmm. But find what makes you passionate. For me, it's, it's this radio show, it's my radio show, and it's my life, and it's my artwork and my painting. You know, those are things that really are I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. Find what it is your passion. Okay. Live your dream. Yep. Don't, I, I guess the question is, ask yourself, what is it that I really want? Stop looking at what you don't want, but flip it. Okay, so what is it that I do want?
1: And don't you think many times it's instead of saying, well, I want that car or I want that house, we we should then look at that's the form of it. But what's the essence? What are the qualities? What is it that that house or that car brings us? Well, I want security. So asking for more the overall piece of what you want than the specific thing.
2: I I do this one meditation, um, which I had the pleasure of interviewing a few years ago, Um, Shiva Baba, who is this great guru, and he is the guru that gave Wayne Dyer his meditation, mm-hmm. the Ah uh, meditation. It re- originally came from um, um, Shiva Shiva Baba, and this meditation takes you on a journey. And I'm just going to take you quickly through the journey. Okay. The journey okay. begins. The journey begins with the fact that you, and this is in the morning. If you can just do this, just. Think of your spine and a light going through it, beginning at the base of the spine, going through all your chakras and up through the top of your head. And do this nine times. And then and then think of yourself as a, sub, a subtle, subtle body floating through space, through the universe, this vast universe. And... The likeness is you, but you're filled with light and you're flying around the universe and you land on the causal plane and there are wish-fulfilling trees and glistening sand and magical skies and blue, beautiful waters. And you play and you wander and you're in this, this lovely place when you come across a glass, a crystal palace and in this palace is a bed made up of, made up of every gemstone imaginable and you put yourself down on this bed and you rest and you think about what it is that you want in your life what is it that you want what do you want to manifest in your life today and you visualize what it is that you want to manifest and to put that intent out there and to visualize it and to believe it. To because really if, believe you can, it. if you can believe it, then you can achieve it.
1: And a lot of us see it and we see the picture out there and we say the words, but we really don't internalize it and believe it. And until we do it
2: won't work for us. Right. And there's a book that is just fabulous. Have you interviewed Ray Dodd yet? No. Oh, you have to. His book is called Belief Works. Mm-hmm. And he was his his he is um he was mentored by Don Miguel Ruiz from The Four mm-hmm. Agreements. Yes. And his whole life is just it's just a great story, but if you feel, if you hold on to a belief, that stays with you and it destroys everything. You know, there are people that were told when they were younger that they could never. You know, if you were singing and your mother came in and said, "Oh, what are you what is? What kind of voice is that?" She had a bad day. Shut up already with that singing voice. Mm-hmm. Who's told you you could sing anyway? Mm-hmm. That young girl never never sang another note of her life for the, or the rest of her life.
1: that we use.
2: Yes. So if you've been told you're fat, you're stupid, you're an ugly person. You have to go beyond that now, and Ray's book helps you do that. It's called Belief Works. His website is EverydayWisdom.us, mm. and and he takes people on journeys, and he does workshops, and he does. His book is just incredible, but it 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 stops you from the limiting beliefs. And then my other favorite book, and it's so simple, and actually he um. He was around before the secret. His name is Michael Loger, and his book is called Law of Attraction. And I Oprah, He's oh, you did okay. I think I referred him to you years ago.
1: It's amazing.
2: And Michael was just on Oprah's show, her radio show on on XM. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael, Michael's work is very simple, but Michael's work is all about creating what you want in life. Mm-hmm. And I took a course. Um, for partners with Michael a few a few years ago, year and a half ago. looking I wasn't looking so much for a mate as I was looking for an assistant, someone to help me with my radio program. And I never did meet an assistant, but I met my best friend at the gym, and we have been like sisters. I've never met anyone in my neighborhood that had the connection that she and I had, and we do things together, and we're now starting a business together for um, singles. We're putting together an organization for 40, 50s, and 60-year-old singles, a connection group, uh, which is going to be some fun events that we're doing. And she has just been such an incredible friend. She's mirrored me in, in that she's a very loving and giving person.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and so it was a really... what you've put out there.
2: That's right. That's right. So there is so much out there that is available. And, you know... I believe in miracles. I'm an example of a miracle. My life is. You know, and I was once morbidly obese. I've reformed. I've changed. I've I've learned so much. This journey has just been such an extraordinary Mm -hmm. one.
1: Well, Frankie, I know you have to go. I wish you could talk longer. I do. I know you do, but let's tell people again, because I introduced you at the beginning and we went straight through, because, again, we really wanted to make sure that you had time to talk. My guest is Frankie Boyer, and she is the host of the Frankie Boyer Show, which is nationally syndicated. You can hear it in the Boston area. Frankie, tell us how people can hear you and get and get a hold of you.
2: Well, I'm on two different networks. I do a lifestyle show and I do the health show, and they're both um, on the Frankie Boyer website. So it's just FrankieBoyer.com, and I have a blog, and um, you can check it out every day. And my producer is waiting for me so I can get on air and do my next hour, um, hour of my show. Patricia, continue the good work. You know, people are so fortunate to have programs like ours so that people are out there really talking about the truth because big business and advertising really don't want the truth out there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not financially we affordable. We do
1: keep doing
2: it. We <laughs> we do keep do doing it. it. All
1: right. Thank okay. you so much. will talk to you soon, Frank. Okay. Okay. Right. Take, take All right, folks, that was Frankie Boyer of the Frankie Boyer Show. She's going to do her show right now, FrankieBoyer.com. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, I'm going to read you some of my words of wisdom from my weekly column. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, we are back and you're listening to Positive Living and I'm Patricia Raskin and I just had on a wonderful guest, Frankie Boyer, who does the kind of work that I do. She's a radio talk show host and her show is the Frankie Boyer Show and you can log on to FrankieBoyer.com and she had to go because she's doing her radio show, but I thought what I would do in the last few minutes of the program today is I don't always get to share my thoughts. And I write a week column where I live for the newspaper. And I want to read some of my insights because one of the things Frankie and I talked about today is, you know, when people say things to you that aren't kind or when people don't acknowledge you, that we have to get rid of those tapes and we have to really acknowledge ourselves. So I'm going to read you the last column that was just in our paper and, in fact, it made the front page of the living section. So I was very excited. How and why to choose our words carefully. Words and phrases such as thank you, I appreciate that, and you made a difference, really do count. It's simple, and we often do not realize how much those phrases of recognition mean. Those words can make all the difference in motivating others to be part of the team and to do the tasks at hand. On the other side of this, phrases like, I'm really concerned that this wasn't done. Why did you do that? That looks awful. Or not responding at all has the opposite effect on us. It's amazing how deflated we can become when we feel unappreciated, disrespected, and devalued or when whatever we do is not right or just not enough. Here are some ways to work with this without losing energy or self-esteem. First, know who we are. Know your value and believe in yourself. Be part of a team that is task-focused so that the goals are aligned. Weigh the words being told to you with the reality of the situation. If anything has merit to get the job done more efficiently or to communicate more effectively, then make a change. There is no excuse for rude or demeaning behavior. Words can cut us emotionally. However, there are always lessons to be learned. These types of situations can prepare, prepare us for the future. Here are some things to look for in future situations. Choose a task that you know you can accomplish. Seek out and find a positive team and support. Know your worth and protect it. Limit your interactions with those who are demeaning. The words we really use count. The well-known phrase, treat others as you want to be treated, says it well. But Albert Schweitzer summed it up when he wrote, constant kindness can accomplish much. As the sun makes ice melt, kindness causes misunderstanding, mistrust, and hostility to evaporate. Let's copy the good and set the example. So much more can be accomplished when we work together and are kind to each other. It's so vital for our positive mental and physical health. And for the health of our society. So, folks, that, that's a, that's really important in terms of really knowing who we are. Okay, let me read you. Let me read you another one of my columns that I wrote two weeks ago. This is called "How to Find the Blessings and Beauty in Life," particularly when things are tough. When times are tough, or we're going through a crisis, it's hard to see the blessings and beauty. Sarah Van Brannock, in her best-selling book, Symbol Abundance, talks about the importance of appreciation and gratitude and the importance of being grateful for all that we have. She instructs readers to make a list of 100 things that they are grateful for, and in doing so, their perspective will change first, and then their life will change. Here are some things to look for while we're faced with a problem. The opportunity in the crisis. The goodness that comes from going through the process. The support of people who help us. The great lesson of what we will not repeat again. Ways to do it differently next time. Something new we learned in the process. Here are some things to look for outside of the problem to get a new and fresh perspective. Kindness from others. Physical beauty in nature. Gratitude for what we have. Ways to help others who are in need. Writing notes of appreciation to those who have helped us. Another view of the situation from a totally different vantage point. One very helpful tool to turn situations around is the work of Byron Katie. It is a powerful process of inquiry that teaches us to identify and question our stressful thoughts, to understand what's hurting us, and to change it. The work involves four questions which we ask ourselves after our statement of fact. So, for example, it could be, my boss does not appreciate my work, or my child does not respect me. The four questions to ask are, is it true? Can you absolutely know that it's true? How do you react when you think that thought or when you believe that thought? And who would you be without the thought? Who would you be without the thought? The point of Byron Katie's work is to free ourselves of beliefs that cause us stress, anxiety, and pain. When we change the way we perceive things, things change. The process can take a while because the belief has been with us for a while, but the results can help us to reduce anxiety and stress and to lead a more joyful life. Right here is another wonderful one about how to hear and how to listen. And there's really a difference between the two. So I'm going to read you my column on how to hear and how to listen. Okay, here it is, folks. Knowing when to listen and when to speak. We all hear and we all listen, but there's a big difference between the two in quality and quantity. When we hear, we hear words. When we're not paying attention, we hear sound. If we look attentive, we can often get away with not listening, but listening gives us the person and the person we're talking to something much, much greater when we listen. Because when we listen, we listen for tone and inflection and we see expression. We pick up feelings and intent, especially if we listen well. We can even pick up when the words we hear are not sincere or heartfelt. Listening is an art and a great skill. If we learn to listen well, we can appreciate and we can get to the heart of the matter. However, listening well does not mean that we automatically create a team approach or a win-win solution where both parties feel satisfied. This takes a different skill, which is the ability to state our case and our truth and listen to the other person's truth from their point of view. That means understanding why they feel the way they do. This does not mean we agree with them or that we compromise. It means that we understand their position. And once we understand their position, we can then really decide our next course of action. If this person that we are dealing with is fixed in their position and we are fixed in ours, then we need to realize that this is a reality and we probably can't change them and more listening and speaking will probably not change things. If the person can come to terms and agree with our position and both parties feel understood and satisfied with the outcome, then we can create a win-win solution. What's important is to know when to listen and when to speak up. It's not enough to listen and speak when both parties don't hear each other anyway. In fact, when one of the parties will shut down and they won't hear because they feel angry, hurt, or intimidated, and when shutdown occurs, the communication is at a halt. We can open the lines of communication by putting our anger and our hurt egos aside. And then when we do that, outcomes will change for the better. We can then create results with calm and peace instead of with conflict and with strife. So those are some points to really look at. And last, before we close today, I'm going to talk about my book, which is Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living. It is now in revision, but I'm going to talk about those positive principles. And here are my seven principles for positive living from my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living. And you can log on to my website, raskinresources.com, to read them. Number one, honor your heritage. Reaching back into your past holds the key to your future. It helps you appreciate how you have evolved from your ethnicity, your traditions, and your customs. I think the importance of knowing your family heritage is that you seek out how the generations before you did it, which helps you to do it better. Number two, be in the precious present. The special moments in your life only happen once that way. They are snapshots in time. When you imprint them in your mind like an affirmation, you create a blueprint of what you want in your daily life. Principle number three for positive living, use your imperfection to perfect your life. Since your earliest childhood memories of falling down when you try to walk, you learn that making mistakes is part of the process. When you've learned your lessons, you can make mistakes knowing they'll help you figure out what to do next. Principle number four of positive living out of my seven, use your innate talents, gifts, and abilities. You can discover your innate talents by listening to what people say about you, how they compliment you. Your talents show up when you use your innate abilities. That raw talent coupled with hard work is an answer combination. When you consistently honor your innate gifts and talents, you have the opportunity to meet with great success. Principle number five of positive living for my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, is focus on the positive. You need to surround yourself with positive energy and people, places, and things. I believe that in order to achieve a new behavior or value, you must find the role models and be with them. When you find places and people that move you deeply, stay with them. Number six, and protect positive relationships. When you know what you want in life and you've defined those qualities, you can choose relationships that help you move forward. Find people who have the qualities that you aspire to, who tell you the truth in a loving way and who give you constructive criticism that helps you move to the next step and take the next step. And principle number seven of positive living principles are believe in miracles. We've all experienced those coincidences when someone we've just been thinking about calls us or we bump into a person that we needed to talk to, or we find exactly the right thing at the right time, or we miss a mishap by seconds. I believe that those are miracles and that we create them by our thoughts. Folks, it's an honor and a pleasure to be with you each week for Positive Living. I'm glad you joined us today with my wonderful syndicated talk show host, Frankie Boyer. Log on to FrankieBoyer.com. And you got to hear a little bit of, of my thoughts from my column and the thousands of people that I've interviewed over the last 25 years. Log on to RaskinResources.com for my website, and I'll be with you next week for an all-new Positive Living show. Until then, I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. Have a great day.
0: been listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, on to raskinresources.com. And tune in next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, right here on voiceamerica.com.